0: On Saturday, August 20th, around 7:25 p.m., we received the unexpected phone call that our daughter Morgan had been in an accident and our faith was immediately put to the test. At the time, I'm not sure I saw all the ways that God was there for us, but as I reflect on the hours, the days and weeks following the accident, there's a lot of clarity that God was by our side the whole time. We believe that when life is overwhelming, you put the weight of the world on God's shoulders and he will get you through it. And that is exactly what we did. That Saturday night, Morgan had gone for a bike ride with a friend, and had only been biking a short time when my husband, Richie, got the phone call. Morgan's friend called my husband from her phone, mentioned the accident, then immediately handed the phone to the police. With only hearing the one side of the conversation, I'm thinking that she fell off her bike, and it was a big enough fall that they called for help. I don't want to think the worst. I want to think it's not so bad. Everything will be fine. This is the first time that God intervened to keep me from thinking about the worst-case scenario, but to, to stay calm and know everything will be okay. I had panic, but it seemed like a controlled panic. While still on the phone with the police, we managed to grab our things and get into the car. We didn't even think about the candle that we left burning on the kitchen counter. We didn't wait to finish the conversation. As soon as they said, meet us at North Memorial, we were in the car. The accident happened just a few miles away. I want to go to the hospital, but Richie wants to drive by the scene. I want to turn right and get to my daughter. He wants to turn left and see where it happened. Once again, God jumped in and guided us. With Richie physically driving, but God providing the navigation, of course we went left to the scene of the accident. The ambulance was still there, along with a number of emergency vehicles. I'm not really sure when I found out that a car was involved in the accident. I think it was when we got to the scene, but it's a bit of a blur. I immediately hopped out of the car, and they directed me into the ambulance where Morgan was being attended to. Richie and Sydney stayed with the police to understand what happened. As I sat down beside my daughter, things started to hit me. Morgan wasn't very recognizable. The gravity of the accident started to set in, and my tears began to take over. God's presence through the EMT was very calming. He assured me that everything was going to be okay, and I needed to be strong for her. She was conscious and even trying to talk as best she could. Later on, I realized how much she was being strong for me. Or maybe she was just worried about the brand-new cell phone. (laughs) I had a hard time believing the EMT that she was going to be just fine. How could she? Her face was a mess and there was so much blood, but I pulled myself together because that's what a mom does, to be strong for her kids and not let on how she really feels. But something inside me did believe the EMT, even though on the surface, I didn't think he understand how much was wrong with her. As I reflect, I know that God was sitting beside us, keeping things calmer than I thought they could be. The EMTs filled in some of the blanks about what they understood had happened. Morgan had been hit by a car as it turned onto a street she was crossing. She was drugged 40 feet before she was finally released from the grip of the vehicle. The vehicle finally stopped 10 feet later with the bike still lodged underneath. At the scene, God navigated me to where I was needed, with Morgan, not to view the accident scene. I'm thankful not to have these scenes playing over and over in my head. God continued to navigate for us when this time he spoke for me in the ambulance. As the EMDs were talking about where they were taking her, I somehow spoke up and asked if it was okay if we went to Children's Hospital. She's been there before. I'm in awe that it was even a question I asked and not more of a statement. Please take us to Children's. We've done this drill a few times. If ever in an ambulance, tell them to take you to Children's. It's your right to choose the hospital. This isn't even remotely close to what I was thinking in the moment though. I don't even remember having the thought. I just remember my voice asking to take us there and they saying, okay. I felt a sense of relief then, knowing we were going to a place that would know how to help her and has helped her before. When we arrived, I was amazed at the calmness. There must have been 20 people there to help her. Most of the team went to work on Morgan, but they had a chair placed out of the way for me, a warm blanket, even though it was a hot summer night, and between the social worker and the chaplain, they kept me company and explained what was going on. The chaplain asked if there was anything he could do for me or anyone to call. I immediately asked him to call Pastor Beth at Mount Olivet. Everyone was so calm and helpful, it made it harder to freak out. I remember thinking how it felt like I was in an episode of Chicago Med or Grey's Anatomy. Yet at the same time, I was also watching the episode. I waited for Richie and Sydney to arrive. I knew I should have texted them that we were going to Children's. They ended up at the wrong place, but found us eventually. They moved her from the ER and settled her into a room around midnight. God navigated for us again by having Richie and Sydney run home to gather a few things. There was no way I was going to leave her side, so I was glad that Richie felt okay to go. And he wanted to drive by the scene again and look for more answers. God knew we had a candle to blow out, but neither Richie nor I thought about this until after they arrived back home and saw it burning on the counter. They decided they wouldn't do surgery that night but wait till Sunday morning to further assess things then it was wait until Monday when there was a full team of doctors on duty. The waiting game was something we were going to need to get used to. Her injuries were complex and was going to take some time planning and clearing of schedules. It's incredibly hard to know her jaw was broken multiple places, her palate was broken in half, yet somehow she managed to talk to us more than I think I ever could. We were in limbo for a few days, waiting for the decision on when to do surgery. The whole time Morgan can't eat anything or drink anything. By Tuesday, her breathing was getting worse. Her lungs had been bruised as well and her breathing was too shallow. At Children's, they explained that they do not want to be put into emergency situations and they are proactive about the care. They wanted to put a tracheotomy in earlier than surgery to help her breathe. Due to the number of broken bones in her face and jaw, it was going to be necessary anyway since they wouldn't be able to do a breathing tube. Four days after the accident felt like the worst day ever. Hooked up to a ventilator and forcing her bruised lungs to expand, seeing the pain in Morgan and even being worse pain than the number of broken bones was some of the most difficult times. And now she couldn't talk at all to us to tell us what she needed. But I look back on things and am thankful for her doctors that got her through this part so surgery could go on as scheduled on Thursday. I remember thinking throughout the two and a half weeks at the hospital that the doctors were being a bit too cautious. She's fine, she's not as serious as you are saying. Can't we go home now? The whole time I'm thinking, Morgan isn't as serious as the other patients they're attending to. They should let us go home and get back to our life. I look back on things now and know that the doctors made the best decisions and the right decisions. I guess they have a few more years of med school than I do. Thursday came and Morgan was doing a little better with her breathing, so they were able to do surgery as planned. Morgan's spunk was also returning. She showed us her Rocky moves before they took her down to surgery. We replayed this video over and over during the very long day. Ten hours later, we were back by her side, ready to begin to heal. Morgan never lost consciousness, and she continued to share more information about the accident during our time in the hospital. She reminded me that I was crying in the ambulance. She used a whiteboard to communicate with us, since she couldn't talk with a tracheotomy and a jaw and face that had ten plates in it. I saw so much of God's work in Morgan's spirit. She showed us at times we needed it most to see that she was still there, even when she couldn't talk. She would motion for me to come close and then gently tickle me as I leaned in. She would motion for her dad to come close and lift her leg to give him a good swift kick. We started to gauge her healing based on how hard and high those kicks were. She showed us her Rocky moves frequently to show us how strong and a fighter she was. And she wrote on her whiteboard, The lady or driver was nice enough to put pressure on my head. And the nice man took his shirt off his back to help soak up the blood on her head. I also saw God's work through Morgan's sisters as well, and I couldn't be prouder of them. We hadn't ever really talked about what to do in these situations, but somehow they knew what to do. God was beside them as well. I'm used to the constant fighting between the three of them. They're teenagers, and it's the time in their lives that when I wonder if they really do love each other, because they certainly don't show it. But they showed us just how much they do love each other. Sydney, at 13, was by our side and Morgan's side almost the whole time. So many offers from friends to give her a break away the hospital, but it was pretty rare for her to accept any of them. She wanted to stay with Morgan. Mackenzie, a senior and the oldest, certainly is responsible, but I realized how grown up she really is. She drove downtown to the hospital by herself for the first time. She took care of the house and pets. She made food and brought it to us at the hospital. She came to the hospital almost every day, but probably the best part, she cleaned and organized Morgan's room as a surprise to all of us. I know this took hours, probably even days. (laughs) We kept everyone up to date on Morgan's progress on CaringBridge and Facebook. The power of prayer came to light so clearly here We put a call out for prayers and they were answered so many times. We were in awe at just how many people were praying for her recovery. My sister put a call out to flood Morgan with cards, and that they did. The nurses said she might have the record for the most cards in a day, maybe even ever. Between the visitors, the comments on Cambridge, comments on Facebook, and all the physical cards that came from people we didn't even know. I'm sure there were thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of people praying for Morgan. Social media became God's transportation system for the prayers and to that we are so very thankful. Our prayers were answered in so many ways. Morgan is really a walking miracle. She could have so easily been paralyzed. She could have been brain dead or even dead. Her injuries were millimeters from being serious in so many places. The fact that she is alive and kicking with such a positive outlook is a miracle that we thank God for every single day. As a parent, you don't always know how you will handle a call like this. What will your emotions be? What will go through your mind? You can imagine the worst, but what do you do when the time comes? I thought I would have imagined the worst, but I didn't. There were a number of decisions that were made in the first 24 hours that I look back on and know that God made those decisions for us. I also didn't realize how strong my faith was until I truly reflected on everything that we went through and all the places I saw God at work during this horrific journey. I knew he was with us, and we prayed every day, but I didn't really see how I was handling things or not handling things. I know that even in the worst of times, he will be there for you in any way that you need him. I put the weight of the severity of this on his shoulders to carry the load until I could handle it. I am upset but at peace with the legal outcome, there were no charges, no tickets, just an accident. I'd like to believe it was purely an accident, even though I will always ask how she didn't see her. But I guess accidents don't always make sense. But what I do know is that our world stopped for three weeks, and, that's, and what's important in life shone through brighter than ever. Thank you.